I've been holding something back just a little bit. Secrets on my Blaseball Recap Podcast? On this Blaseball Recap Podcast. So I live in a house of lies. Recorded during the Grand Siesta, this is this is a cultural event, a baseball recap podcast. I'm your host Evan Saft. My pronouns are they them. Joining me, as always, is your other host Lee. Hello, everybody. My name is Eli Lee, local puffcorn enthusiast. My pronouns are also they them. Puffcorn is is there is there a a taxonomical difference between puffcorn and popcorn? There is. It's not made of the same vegetable. Uh, puffcorn is a snack food that is not Cheetos, but is marketed under the mascot Chester Cheetah, but they don't call him Chester Cheetah. He's just Chester. Chester Cheetah markets Cheetos popcorn. So I think... The story with this is that Chester Cheetah is probably performing tax fraud. Those terrible, terrible puffcorn dividends. Two separate Chesters, two separate 1099s for income, but only one person cashing in on that puffcorn. <laughs> anyway, it's absolutely not made of like, I don't, hold on, I want to see what it is. Goodness. Um, um, this is important. Listeners, welcome back to our snack review podcast that will eventually talk about baseball. Okay, so the first thing that you have to know about Chester's Puffcorn, and the reason why I trust it so much, um, is a thing, an effect that I call the Arizona Ice Tea pricing mechanism. The price is right on the bag, so your local food shop can't overcharge you for popcorn. <laughs> Unless they specifically order it uh, without the pricing, which I believe we encountered in college if they want to price gouge you i think they just put out um cheetos popcorn <laughs> which is the same thing but without the price printed on it on front um so yeah popcorn is actually made of enriched cornmeal also it contains milk ingredients i wonderful uh <laughs> which ingredients we don't know oh there's lactic acid in here oh lovely Lactic acid is associated with lactose, so maybe that's the milk ingredient. Well, uh, that's that. That was our our snack review podcast for the week. You ready to get into some baseball? Let's talk baseball. So, season six. Our subtitle for this season is Idols. So, uh, oh, last oh, let me stop you right there. I D O L S. Or I-D-L-E-S. I-D-O-L-S. Okay. Though we'll see that there is certainly some I-D-L-E-S involved as well. You can't let your idols idle too much. Continue. So, last we left off, uh, High Filter had just passed, the ILB had just gotten dunked in the blood tub and surfaced reborn. I should mention one thing that I did not mention last season. Um, which is 
immediately before the election results, the peanut head showed up one more time. Oh! Yeah. The peanut showed up before this the uh, season five elections and said, Who is talking? Be quiet. You worship them. When I walk among you, my progeny, my pods, honor them to honor me. And I mean, with COVID around, pods are really big right now. Uh, but are they as big as they were when Tide Pods were trending? So Maslow's hierarchy of pods, up at top, Tide Pods, middle tier, peanut children, base, before you can have any of those other things, groups of whales. And what about the, the moving, uh, the moving apparatus? Those don't count. Okay. Those are false pods? Yeah, those are false pods. You don't need those to move. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... I bring that up now because it is it's a little bit more relevant to this season as the biggest change that we can immediately see is there's now an idols page. On this idols page are 20 slots uh, occupied by 20 players. There is also a dotted red line under the top three and uh, our, our users of the baseball site are able to select uh, players on the baseball teams and select them as their idols for 200 coins. This is two effects. One, this idol board is governed by which players have the most idolizations. And the second thing is that uh, these idols will generate currency coins for our, our baseball users. You can idolize pitchers or batters, and you will be awarded a number of coins uh, for batters if they get a hit or if they get a home run, and pitchers if they get a strikeout or they get a shutout. Um, you can also upgrade these uh, awards in the store. So these idols, do we also get fan cams of them? I'm honestly pretty sure that someone has made baseball fan cams. You could probably find that with a quick Twitter search. Blaseball players? K-pop idols? Maybe not siblings, but perhaps cousins in concept? Mmm. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and look up Blaseball fan cams while you're talking. Yeah, sure. Don't sure, mind sure, me. sure. So, past the idol board, we have another new feature of the season, which is a new weather. A crack in the tub has given way to a gurgling blood drain. Woo! We don't have to... <laughs> yes... Yeah! Yay! Blood drain! Blood drain is here. I remember this phrase. Yes! Uh, and it doesn't take long for us to learn what blood drain does, as in day one, in a game between the Le Yellowstone Magic and the Baltimore Crabs, Annie Rowland steals half a star of hitting from the Crabs pitcher, Brock Forbes. Luck luckily for Forbes, a uh, pitcher will not go at bat. Uh, so he didn't really need that. But yeah, stat stealing is a thing now in baseball. As we'll see over the course of the season, this is, this is generally a half a star steal, or in fact, I think it is always a half star steal of a stat from one player to another. Uh, we see this 15 times over the course of the season. I'm not going to go over all of them. Uh, but suffice to say, some, some players get slurped. Some players get slurped. Sometimes you gotta it, slurp some players. 
Yeah, sometimes you just gotta slurp. We of course have our returning weathers as well. For our incinerations, we have four of them this season, but they are some pretty big name players, uh, which you might remember from a later season, but an earlier episode, uh, including Forrest Bookbaby of the Philly Pies, Caligula Lotus of the Boston Flowers, Randall Marijuana of the Breckenridge Jazz Hands, and Mickey Woods of the Philly Pies. Randall, my man! Our first marijuana gets smoked. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. There are also, uh, we also have birds and peanuts returning. Birds still not having a noticeable effect. Uh, there are three peanut reactions over the course of the season. All of them are allergic. All of them make players worse. <laughs> Including Joe Voorhees, uh, a notably already not great player, <laughs> and, uh, Rat Mason of the Taco, of the Unlimited Tacos, who really don't need to be getting any worse. It's fine. Rats are perfect in concept. <laughs> Our uh, returning weather from last season is, uh, sorry, no, our returning weather from the season before last is here as well, feedback. There are a number of feedback swaps over the course of this season. I'm only going to highlight a few of them. Uh, the first being Fish Summer of the Hades Tigers swap swaps with Richmond Harrison, everyone's best friend of the Canada Moist Talkers. Uh, this is notable, A, because it's Richmond Harrison, and everyone likes that weird axolotl that that is come up as his common characterization, and it is uh, another loss to the Hades Tigers from their pretty pretty solid batting lineup. Valentine Games of the Breckenridge Jazz Hands swaps with Conrad Werner of the New York Millennials. This will be Valentine Games' second feedback swap, and uh, there is a attempted or or a po a, a feedback swap triggered between Bevan Underbuck of the Hawaii Fridays, and Ron Monstera of the Seattle Garages. However, you might recall that in the Season 5 elections, the Hawaii Fridays won w the Wax Blessing, so their players are immune to feedback, and so uh, nothing does not, nothing actually happens here. The players remain as they were, thanks to the that wax in the Fridays' ears. I had forgotten. I thought that the wax blessing meant that all of their chests were impeccably smooth now. I mean, it can be two things. Yeah! There are, and, uh, yes, a returning weather from last season. There are three re reverbs over the course of the season, but none of them are entire team lineups. So, eh, again, they don't really have much effect. Uh, just some batting and pitching order changes. Uh, we get into our season. Besides our, our, our already gone over weather events, there's not too much to go over. Um, we see, uh, the, the idols begin to take effect, uh, just in the sense that we, we see players starting to develop strategies, uh, in order to make the most money off of idols. Um, generally we see that, <laughs> yes. I like how it took six seasons for people to start making strategies. I mean, to make strategies specifically for idols, yes. That that picture of ferrets that say noises and what they mean, except it says strategies. <laughs> we, uh, it, it's it's generally uh, determined since a if if you want to idle on an idol, then you might be better off uh, selecting a hitter because they're going to play every game. Uh, but if you are able to devote the time, since the pitcher uh, payouts are much higher 
than the hitter payouts, particularly if you get a shutout. I, I believe the, the maximum uh, payout for a shutout is 10,000 coins if a, if a pitcher gets a shutout, uh, which is not, not a small chunk of change. If you can manage to idle hop and uh, devote yourself every hour to switching between the best pitcher for that rotation, uh, then you can make a lot of money. Also, I see on Twitter a another. I see on Twitter another strategy for idols is ratioing Chuck E. Cheese. I'm I'm uncertain of if and or how this relates to baseball. Uh, the baseball, from what I can piece together, I'm doing Twitter forensics. What I can piece together is that I think baseball fans ratioed Chuck E. Cheese for some reason. Chuck E. Cheese, I think, was discussing peanuts. But when ah. I searched baseball fan cams, the top two tweets were both from September 10th. And the first one says, more baseball fan cams, please. And the second one says, okay, so we're doing baseball fan cams finally. And I have never felt more threatened by two tweets together in my entire life. <laughs> I feel like a dog that heard fireworks. <laughs> you, I mean, you spoke it, you spake it into existence. We do have some, some more not quite discourse happening over the course of the season, um, but some things playing out on Twitter. As uh, you might remember from the shuffle, from the league shuffle, the Mexico City Wild Wings ended up in the mild low division, which they took umbrage with, with to the point of issuing a quote-unquote legal complaint to the commissioner about their, 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 their league placement. The commissioner summarily dismissed this. Um, in what I can only say is confusion about their, his own powers and also the workings of the law, but <laughs> Commissioner Parker McMillan III does, does dismiss this claim by the Wild Wings, and as a result, we also see over the course of this season, as the Wild Wings' name repeatedly changes over the course of the season between Wild Wings and Mild Wings, as well as between Mexico City and Wexico City. <laughs> the mild, wild, Mexico, Wexico schism. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fairly certain that that's a, that's a topic of much linguistic debate, whether or not you say Mexico or Wexico. And I already made my Catholic joke, my I already made my joke about the schism at the Catholic Church last episode, so I can't repeat it. So, uh, the course of the season continues, uh, up until game 99. Now, when game 99 ends, something about the idol board changes. At the end of that game, we see that dotted red line turn into an oscillating, ominous line, uh, to the fact that I believe... In the CSS for the line itself, it is called more ominous line. You had ominous line and then more ominous line. Okay. And it's at this point that we should talk a little bit about the ideas people had about the idol board. And in particular, the biggest one that came out, which is which was the peanut theory. Which is, as you'll recall, when peanuts first showed up, three players with the name Dan or Daniel had their name changed to Peanut or Peanutio. Mm -hmm. The theory is that when the Peanut asked us to honor their progeny, 
They wanted us to idolize the peanut players. So, with this ominous red line, there is a scramble to try and push the peanut players higher up. Unfortunately, the hour ends for day 99, and the peanut shows up again. No half measures. Do not patronize me. Who is telephone? McDaniel? Strike three. One more and you are out. We see that unfortunately, uh, largely due to people just setting and forgetting their idols, <laughs> and also because a lot of people didn't think that day 99 was going to be the time something happened. They thought it was going to be, uh, you know, the, the end of the season. season. The top two players unable to be unseated from their fan base are Jessica Telephone and Nagomi McDaniel. Ah. Uh. Both because, again, likely because they are both two very popular characters and also because they are very, very, very good hitters, meaning that if you just wanted to set and forget your idols, they were not bad picks. We see that the third peanut, or the, th I'm sorry, we see that the third spot was able to go to Peanut Bong. We see in the aftermath of the Peanuts announcement that Peanut Bong is fine, but Jessica Telephone and Nagomi McDaniel have been given the attribute shelled. Oh, I remember this. You you do remember this. I do remember this. This is connecting some some dots in my head. We see that they that uh, on their on the site their names are covered with a with a big red shelled stamp. And the commissioner tweets, uh-oh, looks like they're stuck inside giant peanut shells. So we see that Jessica Telephone and Nagomi McDaniel are inside giant peanut shells and are, for the most part, unable to play. So here's my question. So the, the third one, the third little chap, what was his name again? The peanut, peanut bong. Peanut Bong. Peanut Did Peanut bong. bong do anything to get there? Like, was Peanut Bong a good player, or were people just trying to upvote Peanut Bong because Peanut Bong is father's good special boy and he deserves to be number three or higher uh, on the list? I mean, yes. Uh, so it was definitely... Uh, Peanut Bong was an alright player. Not spectacular by any means. Uh, there was definitely a put, like, this was definitely people trying to follow the peanut theory of getting the three peanuts to the top three. What Peanut Bong did to earn it more so than the other peanuts to actually get that top spot was have the funniest name. Though, also, I will say, close second place to Peanut Eel Duffy. That's fair. You know what, though? No, I'm, I don't think that we should be doing this. I don't think we should be indulging the Peanuts bassist whims by, by pushing his shitty children further up the, the chart. To, to paraphrase modern philosopher Megan the Stallion, I'm not lying about my nut just to make a peanut happy. You know, that does come up next season. There is Son of a bitch! discourse about whether appeasing the peanut is a good idea or not, but we're not there yet. We're still on season six. Okay. So, uh, 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 to, to, to uh, just 
finish off with the with the idle board uh, mechanics. There are two more things that we see happen. The first is that the wild wings have a f have have been set and staying as the Mexico City mild wings. They're stuck as that for the moment. And also, uh, just to to follow up on the shelled status, just to go over it now, we'll we'll learn this immediately in the. Uh, actual playoffs, but uh, players who have been shelled, we learn, will skip their order in batting. However, they they can still field the ball. There is still there is still a record of players hitting balls directly into players' shells and getting out. Because I guess it gets stuck in the peanut. I gotta assume that's it. It just, like, bonk into the peanut and gets stuck there. Yeah, and that counts as an out. So, at the end of our regular season, we have number one in the league and setting the new record for most wins, my beloved Baltimore Crabs. Yeah, Crabs. After, after uh, coming strong off their, their four blessing wins from last season, the Baltimore Crabs have, the, have a record of 80 wins and 19 losses. The closest team to them, second place in the league, are the Philly Pies with 60 wins and 39 losses. Uh, at the bottom of our league, uh, we have in very close contention the Hawaii Fridays with 31 wins and 68 losses. And second to last, the Unlimited Tacos with 32 wins and 67 losses. So, going in to our finals. From the Mild League, we have the Philly Pies, the Seattle Garages, the Hades Tigers, and the Kansas City Breathments. From the Wild League, we have the Baltimore Crabs, the Boston Flowers, the Breckenridge Jazz Hands, and the San Francisco Lovers. Now remember, the Philly Pies and the Hades Tigers both have won two championships. One more championship to either of them, and they will ascend. In round one, the Seattle Garages sweep the Philly Pies. The Hades Tigers make it to round two, beating the Kansas City Breathmans in a close three to two games. Hell yeah, Tigers. <laughs> the Baltimore Crabs sweep the Boston Flowers, and the Breckenridge Jazz Hands beat the San Francisco Lovers three to two. So our semifinals, we have the Hades Tigers versus the Seattle Garages and the Baltimore Crabs versus the Breckenridge Jazz Hands. The Seattle Garages and the Baltimore Crabs both sweep their opposing teams. So, Hades Tigers, Philly Pies, both eliminated. We will not be seeing Ascension this season. But the Tigers have such good merch. I will note, uh, the Jazz Hands, again, they're playing with a disadvantage right now because Nagomi McDaniel, and so were the Philly Pies, because... Just Jessica Telephone and Nagomi McDaniel are not participating in batting, and those are two of these those are the two strongest batters in the league. So, going into our internet series finals, we have the Seattle Garages versus the Baltimore Crabs. Both these teams have swept their way to the finals. And that will not end here as the Baltimore Crabs sweep the Seattle Garages and win their first championship. Yeah, Crabs. Hell yeah, Crabs. So yes, that 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 is our, our season. That's our postseason. The Crabs finally coming from second to last in the first season get their first championship ring. We have a new champion. 
And that brings us to the most capitalist time of the year. It's time for the election. Or, well, so, it's time for the election. But first, I want to go over something that didn't happen this season. Mm. Something that we thought was going to happen this season, but didn't. Because there was one more effect, or one more seeming effect, from the high filter decree, from this dipping the ILB into the blood tub. Which is that each of the different divisions... Wild Hide, Wild Low, Mild Hide, and Mild Low were all given specific modifiers. Each of these modifiers referred to something called the bloodbath. Going down the line, Wild High had blood pity in the bloodbath each season. These teams must get must each give stars to the team that finished last in their division. Wild Low got blood winner in the bloodbath each season. These teams must each give stars to the team that finished first in their division. Mild High got Blood Donor in the Bloodbath each season. These teams will each donate stars to an opponent uh, that finished behind them in the standings. And Mild Low won blood, uh, had Blood Thief in the Bloodbath each season. These teams will each steal stars from an opponent, an opponent who finished ahead of them in the standings. So this really seemed like this was going to be a, a huge shakeup in terms of like balance because all these teams were going to be have their stars rearranged according to these new rules. And for some of those teams, this is this began a lot of discourse again, because particularly for Wild Low, which you'll remember Wild Low was the teams who did the absolute worst in season five. And the idea that they were just going they were going to continue to be nerfed and just one of them was going to get rewards. A lot of people weren't liking that. But we see that the blood bath doesn't take effect this season. It is apparently delayed. Part of that might be because of our decrees that happened for this season. But before we get into that, the peanut shows up once more. And what does what does father have to say for us this time? Before we see the election results, notably, also, just, just to give everyone like that little bit even more of tension or that little more of anxiousness, uh, there is a delay in the results of the election this season. We normally see them come out right around three. We had to wait like 20 minutes. Not too much, but enough that people were panicking. So, well, yeah, the they were probably, shows up. They were probably challenging all of those results in court and giving press conferences and stuff. <laughs> probably. So the peanut shows up before our election results and says, Hot dog fingers? Amusing. The ledger, the ledger must be balanced. Debts paid. Good luck. So, our decrees on the ballot for this season were hot sauce, feel the heat, make a random player on each team spicy. <laughs> New kids incinerate the least idolized player on e on every team. And enhanced party time. When a team is in party time, which is that they are mathematically eliminated from the postseason, they'll have a chance of randomly receiving permanent stat boosts. So a pretty, a pretty clear balancing mechanic. And we see that the baseball community is pretty behind this because we see enhanced party time win with 77% of all decree votes. 
The party rages, Biscayne Bane alights, inviting life. So mosquitoes. <laughs> yes, we see that there, there that that now enhanced party time will happen. Teams will have the chance of winning stat buffs during games after they've been eliminated from the postseason. Now, uh, there's one other small effect here, which we see specifically the Miami Dale get the permanent team modifier life of the party. This team gets 10% more from their party time stat boosts. I guess because they're hosting. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to our blessings. Not to be forgotten after last season, the Crabs win three more blessings. Again, yes. showing off that incredibly powerful voting block. Now, they technically win three blessings. Because let's go through this. The first thing is that the Baltimore Crabs win the night vision goggles. The night vision goggles are an item which will improve a player's stats by 50% while they are playing during a solar eclipse. This is awarded to Sutton Dreamy. And uh, a notice, <laughs> notable... Notable fact on this is that the crowds won this with 18% of the vote. There were 44 votes, ca- uh, 44,000 votes cast for this uh, item. I believe this item was won for the crabs almost entirely by one person because one person said, Hey, I want to see if I. This was a person who was just heavy into the idol swapping and betting and like hitting every hour that they were awake. And wanted to see if they could win a blessing on their own. And you know what? They did it. The second item that the crabs win is the shrink ray. The shrink ray is get tiny. It's an item. A player on the team gets a smaller strike zone, increased base running, and decreased power. This item goes to Holden Stanton, who you might recall- Who is now Ant-Man. Who is now Ant-Man and who you might remember- uh, from a couple trades that happened between the Crabs and the Jazz Hands. I do. Now, this is why we're going to say that the Crabs kind of won three blessings. Because guess what? The third blessing that the Crabs won was Headhunter. The cr- Baltimore Crabs steal the best player in the Wild League, Nagomi McDaniel, from oh. the Brokerage <laughs> Jazz Hands. And guess who they send back, Lee? Jessica Telephone? No, they send back for the third oh. time. <laughs> oh, is it Tillman? It's not Tillman. For the okay. third time, the two players, Nagomi McDaniel and Holden Stanton, are traded back and forth again. So the Baltimore Crabs give Holden Stanton a shrink ray and send him <laughs> on his way back to the Jazz Hands. <laughs> The McDaniel Stanton maneuver. <laughs> this is I don't I this this is the record for the for the most times two players have been directly exchanged. <laughs> I think that was set the first time they were exchanged back, but this just puts the icing on the cake. So, that's the Crabs. They won three blessings, but one of those blessings got traded away to the Jazz Hands. Speaking of, the Jazz Hands won two blessings themselves besides the Shrink Ray that they got with Holden Stanton. By the way, I should note from that steal, Nagomi McDaniel still in a shell. 
Yes, I figured. Yes, as you might remember. So the Jazz Hands win uh, single season fourth strike, which means they will uh, they'll have a fourth strike for the next season. Um, it will take four strikes to strike out any of their batters, and they also win the Gravity Boots. The Gravity Boots are another item, or actually they're an armor, there's a distinction, um, because we do see on players that they have a slot for items and they have a slot for armor. Those are two different, th- th- uh, you wouldn't have a, scorp- uh, a McScorpler effect if you got both a Gunblade Bat and the Gravity Boots. <laughs> ah. But, because then you're just a Final Fantasy character. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, Steph Weeks gains the Gravity Boots, uh, which will prevent a t- player on their team, uh, which will, which prevents a player from being reverbed. And uh, then the next team to win Blessings is the Kansas City Breathments with two. They win Headliners, uh, which arranges their... Uh, lineup in order of their idolatry. Uh, notably, the Kansas City Breathments were able to, like, they were able to actually coordinate this among their entire, like, team to get their lineup in perfectly optimized order of best to worst batters. Well, that's kind of like unionizing. Yeah. Um, the, the Breathments also win Spin Attack, which boosts their their speed by 15%. Now, next. Next, we get to the garages. So, I've been holding something back just a little bit. Secrets on my Blaseball Recap Podcast? On this Blaseball Recap Podcast. So I live in a house of lies. So, I'm going to read you the effect of Lottery Pick which uh, the, the Seattle Garages are going to win two blessings, the first of which is Lottery Pick. Lottery Pick is steal the 14th most idolized player in the league. Okay. Now, what someone finds out over the course of this week is that if you directly go to a player page, which you can do by just putting their ID in the URL... Mm-hmm. You can idolize incinerated players. Oh. So, a plan is hatched amongst the entirety of the player base to make sure that Jalen Hotdog Fingers, the first ever incinerated player, Burnt Hot Dogs, is placed at number 14. Yes. So we also see, uh, beyond the coordination to get Jalen at number 14, there's actually a lot of, uh, push to make sure that the Seattle Garages win this blessing to the point that we actually see players temporarily, uh, you can purchase an item in the store called a Fair Weather Flute, which will allow you to swap teams, um, so that they can cast votes for a lottery pick for the Seattle Garages. And they win. Fire and smoke. An egg. Hatching. Jalen Hot Dog Fingers returns. Mike Townsend retreats to the shadows. The proverbial phoenix Jalen Hot Dog Fingers. Yes, yes. Jalen Jalen Hot Dog Fingers is brought back to life. The Seattle Garages win this with 58% of the vote. And Mike Townsend is not incinerated but sent 
to the shadows. But Jalen Hotdog figures is back. And we'll see the effects of that next season. Moving on from there, the, the Seattle Garages also win the fireproof jacket. Oliver Mueller gains the fireproof jacket. They are immune to incineration. Notably, again, <laughs> again, this spites the firefighters. The Garages win this with 4% of the vote. The Chicago's highest bidders with 47% of the vote. They still just can't get that fireproof jacket. The Boston Flowers win sharing signs, which improves the, the entirety of Wild Lowe's hitting rating by 10%, but impairs their pitching rating by 5%. The New York Millennials win two blessings. The first is Ooze, which boosts their power by 10%. And the blessing the, of Ooze. Yes. Uh, I believe there was, in fact, a uh, specific TMNT reference in this. Yes. Uh, the, the, the blessing read, Ooze, learn its secrets. So I'm a sucker for go. a TMNT 2 reference. But yes, they win Ooze, which improves their power by 10%, and they also win the best defense, which swaps their best hitting pitcher, Bates Bentley, and their worst hitter, Penelope B Matthews. The Stakes win two, two blessings, Rate and Review, brought to you by the Multitude Podcast Collective, which boosts their, the stats of their most idolized player, Connor Haley, by 25%. Uh... They also win Collect Call, which randomizes the stakes' least idolized player, Lee Herman, who goes from one star to two stars. Oh, good for him. The Charleston Shoe Thieves win who? Which steals the least idolized player in the entire league, Howell Franklin from the Houston Spies, and maxes their stats. Does that come with a follow-up blessing called, what, is she funny or something? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. So, um, they, they, uh, they send back their worst hitter, Joe Voorhees, who you'll recall had an allergic reaction this season and is even worse than they were. <laughs> the Shoe Thieves also win Mutually Ar Arising, which improves, uh, the entirety of Mild Lowe's rating by 2%. The Hellmouth Sunbeams win Move the Mound Closer which improves Wild Lowe's pitching rating by 10% and impairs their hitting rating by 5%. Uh, so, notably, uh, this means that Wild Lowe... Wild Lowe actually coordinated here to try and make sure that they won those entire division buffs so that they got both the pitching rating increase and the hitting rating increase. Uh, the Hellmouth Sunbeams also win Vulture, sealing the best player in Wild Lowe, hitter Han Fox from the Boston Flowers and sending back Elena Bella Hollywood. And uh, finally, the Houston Spies win two blessings. Party Line gives them the a duplicate of their of the Friday's pitcher, Evelton McBlace. Uh, so to read to you, Party Line replaces a, a player on your team with the alternate of a random player from another team. So they got Evelton McBlace 2 taking the place of Donia Bailey who retreats to the shadows. And they also win the best offense, switching their best pitching hitter, Alexandria Rosales, and their worst pitcher, Evelton McBase II. <laughs> and that's that's our election season. That's and and that's that's the end of our season in general. We uh, I should I should have noted and I might put this in. Um when when 
right before the elections, the commissioner did tweet regarding Jalen's position at number 14. Are you sure about this? So, again, that's for next season. That's for next season. Lee, do you have any, do you have any comments, questions on, on season six of Internet League Blazeball? I mean, the, the story threads are starting to come together. When did we start recording this recap? What, what season were we on? Uh, I believe our first season was season nine? Let me check. Yeah, we're getting, it was, I think it was either nine or ten. We're getting close. Yes, our first, our first episode uh, was season nine, recorded during season ten. So we are, we're just, we have two. We're catching up. Yeah, two more seasons before we're all caught up. So my question doesn't have to do with season six necessarily of Blaseball. It has to do with an interesting character I found online. I refuse to do further investigation into the mechanics of Blaseball. That's your job. Mm-hmm. But I will do research into some of the, the Blaseball RP accounts on Twitter, which I said I was going to do. And I haven't done um, as deep of a dive as I think I would like to. But I would just like to go ahead and give a shout out to this fellow, Blob Costas. Yes. Yes. Who is a baseball commentator, reporter, Sochi Pink Eye Haver, and is definitely one organism and not several. Blob, if you're listening, I hope I see great things from you. <laughs> Blob's, Blob's pretty great. <laughs> Blob Costas, um, who deserves accolades, A, for being, for remembering the Sochi Pink Eye (laughs) event, and B, for making me remember Bob Costas and the entirety of the fever dream that was the Sochi Olympics. Oh, man. Blob, you're doing great work. (sighs) All right. Well, then I guess I just have one more question to ask, Lee, which is what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping will happen? With the with Blaseball as it is now at the end of season six, Jalen Hotdog Fingers is back. I would like to see the meteoric rise of Bob, not Blob Costas. <laughs> <laughs> I got Blob Costas on the brain, Evan. Blaseball heartthrob Blob Costas. I would like to see the meteoric, the heroic rise of. Jalen hot dog fingers. Jalen's been brought back. I want to see them. I wanted. I want to see them complete this final arc of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Jalen hot dog fingers is back in the Pride Lands, baby. <laughs> After presumably spending some time with a comedic meerkat and warthog in wherever the players go when they get incinerated. We'll learn that. We'll 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 learn that. Well, what I want to learn especially is um, the, the comedic warthog and meerkat in... Fuck, hold on, sorry. I have to IMDB this for this joke to land. Uh, do you need to know who the meerkat and warthog were in Lion King? I need... Uh, hold on. This is... A, uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. It's a, it's a okay. goof I'm doing. Don't judge me. All I can think of is um, specifically the Broadway singer for Pumbaa, who was Ernie Sabella. Ah, I see. So all I all I can oh it was also that in the ninety four uh the ninety four movie um fuck 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 okay <laughs> hold on sorry God I <laughs> I'm very tired I'm willing to do my research for Lion King uh, associated jokes okay 
The question I want answered for the next season of Blaseball is if there is a comedic meerkat-warthog duo that's sitting in wherever the players go when they get incinerated, are they played by Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner, or are they played by Nathan Lane and Isabella? Ooh. Because that's really going to determine exactly what level of purgatory these players enter when they get incinerated. I mean, given that we know the monitor... I feel like the monitor feels a lot more like a Seth Rogen type. Ugh. Better luck next time, incinerated players. But hey, Jalen, you got out of there. You're played by Donald Glover. (laughs) You're back, baby. You're back, and there's going to be a celebration. Absolutely. I think that I would prefer to be played by Donald Glover as opposed to Matthew Broderick, because Matthew Broderick just has the sort of aura of someone who you could just... Pour soup on. He looks like a man who's just put upon in every aspect of his day-to-day life. Matthew Broderick, if you ever listen to this podcast, I'm very sorry. You walked by my friend in New York City when she was in middle school, and she was wearing a matching hot pink pea coat and pink beret, and you smiled. And I think you're probably a good dude based on that anecdote alone. And Matthew Broderick, if you're listening, I'm really bummed, and I know you had nothing to do with it, and you're probably bummed too, but I'm really bummed that Daybreak didn't get renewed for a second season. Better luck next time, Matthew. I mean, I know you probably wouldn't have shown up again, but, you know, just, you did good, you did good there. You did good. Anyways, uh, as always, uh, I've been Evan Saft. You can find me on Twitter at Names Equipped. You can find both of us on our other podcast rollout where we play where we play a queer as fuck mass campaign. And Eli, you want to take it from here? Yeah, as always, my name is Eli Lee. You can find me on Twitter at It's Hamhawks. And until next time, I hope that if they ever make a biopic of your life, you get to choose between being portrayed by Donald Glover or Matthew Broderick. Thanks to the garages for letting us use their song, and I mean all gods, as our theme. You can find more music that they've written about baseball at thegarages.bandcamp.com.